Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation, Captain Picard's life is on the line as he faces a critical operation. This man is dying. And Geordi is held hostage by alien kidnappers. Drop your shields. This is the Enterprise. Return our personnel or face immediate reprisal. Two lives hang in the balance. The captain needs our help. Phaser's ready, sir. My friends, my people, they're trying to kill us. Fire. On Star Trek, the next generation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series. I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Stargate story himself, Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back. Glad to have you on, sir. And also there in Hattiesburg, the hub city, Mississippi, we have the trick story in Jonathan Shorts. How you doing, man? I am fantastically well, but you could say I'm close to spectacular. <laughs> close to spectacular? How so? <laughs> I can't even remember yes, the rest of it. Please explain yourself. <laughs> uh, that is an old outcast. Yeah, I think it's on the low below skit. It was the low below. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's here awesome. comes fine right now. Lord, <laughs> she is fine. Okay, <laughs> behold a lady. A lady. <laughs> sorry, Jeremy's sorry, like, sorry. Jeremy's like, what are they talking about? I'm just, I'm just sitting over here being white. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> so today, guys, we're going to talk about the 17th episode of season two of Star Trek: The Next Generation, titled "Samaritan Snare." which continues our discussing Picard series. So I know I kind of introduced you guys, but you know, anything going in the world, going on in the world of Jonathan or Jeremy, uh, any big significant things you want to talk about while we got, got, got everybody's attention. Um, you know, I, I actually like last week I was able to finish up a few things that I was watching and a bunch of new stuff came out that I got to watch. Um, I got. I finished up, and I wish Kyle was here because he was wanting me to finish up so we could talk about it. Uh, Gotham season five. So I finished up all of Gotham, which was really good. Um, watched the new Lion King, which was uh, not. Uh oh, <laughs> Beyonce wasn't good enough to keep you in there. It was well, <laughs> you, you, you know, I was like just a wee lad whenever the real one, the first one came out. So I grew up with the original Lion King. Yeah. So. You know, it's just that that has a special place in my heart. So I knew the remake wasn't going to do it for me, but I wanted, I really wanted to, but it just didn't. Yeah, that one is a hard act to follow. Um, just because the original was so popular and so well received that, man, they want to have to knock it out of the park to do a remake. And, you know, I haven't seen it yet, so I really can't comment, but I haven't seen a lot of, you know, just overjoyed reviews about it, but I don't know. I don't know. I'll still check it out. And, and now, I will say, James Earl Jones killed it. Oh, really? Yes. They didn't just, I like, mean, snip old lines from the other movie and put it in there? No, he, he, like, re-recorded the whole thing, but it sounded just like it did back when it first came out. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. What about Blame you? Don't crack. Uh-oh. Eating voice sorry. neither? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you live by CeeLo's line every day, you'll be all right. Well, I've seen some of the stuff he said, so I don't know if that's a really great idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Joe? You been up to anything in particular, man? Oh, no, man. Same old stuff. Uh, working, working out, 
But I have I have come across an issue the past couple of days that got me thinking. Uh oh. Well, I'm just I'm just curious. Like, well, now there's really no monetary system, but I lost my wallet, hmm. and like, look like we. So I've been googling, and I think I may have found the solution of like a trackable wallet. But like, wh- why is that not um more pop? Like, there's only one or two good options for like a GPS trackable wallet. Yeah. That really sucks. Well, you know, a lot of people I've seen just and I keep use up with their wallet. Yeah. They, <laughs> well, they, well, that too. Actually, I don't even know where my wallet is, but I keep everything. <laughs> well, I keep like my cards and everything in my phone case. Gotcha. And I think that's become the new trackable wallet. Yeah. Now but I, I just leave my phone laying around a lot, so I wouldn't want to just. Well, I mean, you know, it's. Well, obviously, I left my wallet laying around. <laughs> right. I mean, but fingerprint reader. I mean, you that can you can lock your phone pretty securely, better than your wallet, actually. But there are these tags that you can put on, you know, on keys in your wallet. And I think <laughs> I think like once your wallet gets a certain distance away from your phone, it'll start beeping. So that might be an easy solution. Yeah, I've googled those too. I've researched a few of those. It's not a cheap. Uh, fix it. Hmm. Those tags are usually thirty bucks a piece, average. Twenty bucks, thirty bucks that I've seen, and then on top of that, I have to buy a new wallet. So, well, I think a lot of it has to do with the people who have the means and the time and the money to make something like that don't need something like that, so they don't make something like that. Mm-hmm. I guess. So stabs. What, <laughs> what if I were to tell you there was a world where you didn't need any money, supposedly? Well, well, you do have the Ferengi. I guess they have their gold-plated Latinum. Um, but, but you know, the, the world of trick, and that's what kind of we're going to talk about. And we are going to continue our discussing Picard series. We've already reviewed Conspiracy, Q Who, and tonight we're going to do Samaritan Snare. And coming up, we have the best of both worlds, one and two, family, the drumhead, board, tapestry, and all good things. What we do here on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek, Discovery, Picard, Lower Day, whatever, uh, all the new Star Trek stuff. And it's all with excessive detail. And in, in addition to talking all things Trek, uh, I'll, I'll say this every time. If you like this show, please tell someone else to subscribe, to subscribe to the show. But also, I want you to, if you're an iPhone user, if you're listening to us on an iOS device, please go to the Apple podcast app and give us a review and not only give us five stars, I'd hope a review, but also like leave a written review of what you think of the podcast. We currently have no written reviews on our iTunes listing. So uh, we have star ratings, but we don't ha- don't have any written reviews. So I want people to go out there and give us some written reviews if you can. I really, really appreciate that. And the only requirement I have really is just make them good. That's it. <laughs> well, it probably should be on Android, not iPhone. But uh, that's just <laughs> the age old battle rages on. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's all. I didn't. I, I haven't looked at that to see. We 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 need to get some reviews. We need to know how we're doing. Right. What everybody's thinking about. So yeah, oh, that'd yeah. be awesome. Oh, yeah. So moving along to a little news, I really don't have much, but I guess the big Star Trek thing that came out in the past few days what is the CBS Viacom merger is uh, the plans for the merger, at least, are official. So that brings the Star Trek film and TV franchises under one roof. And we kind of talked about, about this before, but 
the the network spans pretty great of these two companies merging together. Of course, all the CBS stuff, CBS Sports, uh, CBS All Access, CBS Proper. But on the Viacom side, it's a lot of things like BT Showtime, Comedy Central, uh, MTV, the CW. So it nice. is it is a big grouping of you know they have here. Um, let me get the quote. Uh, the largest share of the U.S. TV audience uh, under one wow. roof. So that is pretty well, interesting. That is crazy. I noticed that they took CW off of uh, Direct TV. Oh, really? They're always yeah, having yeah. those fights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so I'm wondering, like, will we have access to all of Icon stuff through the CBS All Access? Hmm. So what I'm thinking they're probably going to do is oh. is bring it if they don't bring it all under cbs all access maybe they'll have like cross login capabilities or something um showtime is kind of a more premium maybe more like a, a cbs all access but the other properties are you know on normal cable so uh, it'll be inter- interesting what they do with it i think they have potential and you know they're gonna probably do like any of these other services are doing now like disney plus and of course um you know, you have DC Universe, uh, I think a new HBO slash, I don't know. There's so many of these <laughs> streaming services that uh, are grouping together now. But it will be interesting to see what kind of offering they can provide by bringing all of these properties under one roof. So that should be interesting. I'm I'm, I'm ready for that. You know, as a side, side note, a little side story, I just bought a little cheap Roku TV off Amazon for my granddaughter's bedroom. And... So I get it all connected and start it up and I start going through the available content that you can stream. Uh-huh. Like I had no idea. <laughs> I, I mean, I I really hadn't gotten into streaming that much, but like everything, like everything, like I'm yeah. going down the list and there's like, I mean, of course you pay for it, but a lot of it is like $39 a year, something right. like that. But I mean, it, I was hard pressed to find something they wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much it, if you want it, um, it's out there. <laughs> you know, uh, like you said, of course you got to pay for it, but man, everything's streaming nowadays, and I like you know you can't. It's impossible to watch everything, so you just got to pick your battles, pick and choose. You know, if you want to subscribe yeah. to HBO for two months while you're watching the Game of Thrones, you'll subscribe and drop it. <laughs> but you know, we have the freedom to pick and choose, and I'm down for that. You know, because I don't. I think the where people get tied up because a lot of people still subscribe to normal cable. And if that's the case, you're probably gonna be paying a lot of money to get the streaming and the and the normal cable as well. But with the normal cable, oftentimes they will allow you to log into um right. some of the online TV everywhere services. So it's it's plenty of a choice these days. Plenty of choice. But you know, getting back to that announcement, I think the biggest thing about that is that uh, all the, the Star Trek film and TV franchises are under, under one roof. And I want to ask you guys, like, how do you think that will change what we're seeing lately? Of course, we have the CBS All Access, uh, pushing big television productions, high budget television productions, first with Star Trek Discovery and now with Picard. Uh, it's a little way to see on what they do with Lower Decks and the other franchises, but they are, seem to be pretty, putting a lot of money into it and are adamantly behind it. Like what do we think the inclusion of the TV franchises will change for that? I mean, the movie franchises, excuse me, the film franchises, you think that'll change anything that we're seeing? 
Hmm. Now, are you talking about like all of them, including the Kelvin timeline movies? So, or like the yeah, it's everything. Or, yeah, it's going to be all all under one roof. I can't see it really. There, I I cannot envision a good way if they're trying to tie everything in together. Um, I think you know, I think they're just best served keeping it all separate and just letting things be as they be as they are right now. So, I don't I don't think they're going to. I don't see a good way to bring it all together. There's just too much content to try to put it all in one ball. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I'm kind of on the opposite. Like, I, I think it's fine. I don't think it'll change much of anything. Like, you still, like, as long as they don't, like, I don't want you to increase my premium that I'm paying for me to have access to something I'm not going to watch. You you understand what I mean? Yeah, completely. Like that—that that would be the only disagreement I would have with them. But I mean, I don't think anything will change. I think it was just—I think this whole thing is more of a. I think they Viacom just really needed a boost. CBS needed a boost, so that's kind of how they're going to survive in this streaming world that we're going into. Um, I—I I mean, I really don't see how it would change. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I'm—I'm I'm like, yeah, I don't see how it would change. I just hope they don't try to. You know, have like a mega crossover. Um, you know, yeah. that would be disastrous just that because would. of the timeline issue. Like yeah. that would be a disaster. Yeah, no, no, no. I definitely do not want that. But I do hope that maybe it could somehow foster getting the proper movies going again. Um, hopefully, I, I at least like at least one more Kelvin movie, at least. And then maybe, you know, who knows what Picard will spin off in the next few years, you know. So I think there's potential. I mean, we can even play around in the Voyager universe, you know. That would be, you know, a pipe dream. I don't think it ever happened. <laughs> but, you know, I think there's more potential for them to go bigger. But I think we're in like a happy place right now. We're doing yeah. well on television or streaming. I think we're doing well right there. And I don't want to for bringing the movie or the film franchise in to shift focus. Cause I think, I think Alex Kurtzman has them very focused on what they're doing and whether you like the storylines or the characters, I do like how focused they are and it seems like they have a clear direction of what they're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't want right. to be diluted by the movies and all this other stuff coming on board. I don't really, like I said, I really don't. I don't think the movies are going to be a big issue. Like, I believe this was for everything else. You know what I mean? Like, everything else Viacom does, like, that's what they're after. Yeah. Uh, the movies, I just, I don't see that even becoming an issue. Now, if they could somehow, no, never mind. That's good. <laughs> never mind. Just, let's not even, see, that's how problems start when somebody said, but if we could. <laughs> we could just. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> having access to all of it in one place is great. Yeah. Because some, sometimes I want to watch the, you know, Chris Pine as Kirk. Sometimes I want to watch, you know, and, you know, I'm on Comcast and sometimes the Star Trek movies will be available. Sometimes they're not. So it's nice to be able to have them all in one place, easily accessible. I'm just not a big movie fan. See, well, my first introduction to Star Trek was actually the J.J. Um, Abrams movie. The first J.J. Yeah. Abrams movie. That was like my first, oh, I love this stuff. I want some more. So, you know, for people like me who that bring, that brings them in, you know, that's kind of like our special. It's like everybody has their own favorite doctor. You know, this is my favorite Star Trek movie. See, yeah. I didn't know that. So let me ask you this. 
Okay. Since that was your introduction to Star Trek, like how how was the transition to the serialized shows? Were you impressed? Were you let down? Was it what you expected? I was impressed. I, I like the idea that I like the idea of the serialized show after we seeing the movie because I mean the movie to, the first movie to me was like one long episode. Gotcha. So the you know so going from one you know two hour episode to <laughs> five hundred hour long episodes yeah you know that, that that kept the junkie fed. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think what's what maybe curious to me is that we see where DC is trying to make their DC cinematic universe. You see where Marvel has created their Marvel cinematic universe. And I know Trek wasn't the first one to do it, but they were doing this in the nineties, man. They were cross pollinating right. their shows right. and having people making guest appearance to make it, make it seem like one cohesive world. And I kind of want that back. You know, that's why I'm kind of, I wish Voyager, I, mean, I wish Discovery didn't go so far in the future because I would love for them to be in the Picard era, you know, right now to, you know, maybe play around with each other a little bit, you know? It well, still could happen. I mean, I mean, well, I think for us Voyager junkies, for you know, seven of nine to be in Picard, I think that's going to be our little gateway to, yeah, to future to to more Voyager. Yeah. Uh, seven of nine is the gateway to Yeah, <laughs> 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 and you know they're saying Robert Picardo, he's he's in talks to appear in season two of Picard. Really? As yeah. the EMH. Yeah, I think I've heard hey, that as know, well. You know what I watched last night that I've never watched and I can never... So I watched Logan. Okay. And why that's important is you get to see Patrick Stewart play an older guy. Mm-hmm. Like, So I wonder if it's going to be mannerisms in Picard. Not the see now type part. Right. But you know what I mean? The, I just yeah. kind of... That kind of made me excited for the Picard series because he, I mean, when he was not, when he was lucid and thinking right, like he just seemed like that really old, really wise, like, let me educate you, son, type yeah. guy. And that's what I love to see in Picard. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Patrick Stewart to me is one of those actors where he could play, you know, even at his age right now, he's like Meryl Streep. He can play Batman and still do a great job of it. Yeah. But so, you know, I have no doubt that that he's, he's going to be great in it, regardless. Well, I mean, I know he's going to be great. I just, I don't whichever know. Whichever old person <laughs> yeah. that he brings to the table, it's still going to be great because it's Patrick Stewart. I, I, I can see some of those sentimentalities of Logan being brought over. Maybe not so much in him being a senile old man, which he kind of was in in, in Logan, uh, yeah. spoiler, sorry, but he was very burdened. He was burdened right. by something that happened, and he may have some of those same sentimentalities in this. And that's and, and that's what I'm, you know. All that we have from Picard is like from TNG years ago. Yeah. Like that's the last memory of Picard. Like I I think Logan kind of gave me a good intro, hopefully into the Patrick Stewart we'll see in the Picard series. I'm hoping. Yeah. It got me excited about it anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, we are here to review Star Trek The Next Generation Samaritan Snare, Season 2, Episode 17, which originally aired on May 15, 1989. Picard must undergo a serious medical procedure while Enterprise D deals with a packlet ship, which lures Enterprise away in hopes of stealing its technology. And guys, if you have not seen this old, old episode... <laughs> Of Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, spoilers. Spoilers. 
Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. So guys, we are back and we are ready to just dive into this review of Samaritan Snare. So we just talked about maybe how what Picard might look like in this new series. And I think here we get a <laughs> a rather perturbed view of Picard, I guess. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, let's just get the overall view. Let's go around the horn. Let's start with Jonathan, man. What is your what is your hierarching view of this episode, man? Um. Again, a pretty good episode of TNG. Uh, not a lot there as far as substance in the show, but a lot there for our, I mean, for our purposes. I'm talking about Picard. Uh, I mentioned to Jeremy earlier. I, I don't think I've realized back when I was watching TNG religiously, like this Picard. Like I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of. I don't want to say disliked him, but I kind of like. Uh, Come on, Bernard. Hmm. You're, you're you're being hmm. a butt. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, overall, good show. But I'm, I mean, that is a side of Picard that I don't really remember seeing a lot of. Maybe I'm wrong. What about you, Jeremy? Well, you know, part of the conversation we had was, and you'll you'll probably remember this early on in Voyager. Um, Janeway kind of does this like. I uh, know it's uh, Captain's Log, where she talks about the disconnect between the crew and the captain. And I think that's a lot of what, you know, it, this is where probably my ignorance of the next generation comes in because I haven't seen a lot of it. Picard seems to respect that disconnect between the crew and the captain. And to me, that just feels like what it was his condescending nature was just more of just respecting the boundaries between ranks. But he hates kids. Mm. I, I can't fault him there. <laughs> I can't argue with that. I mean, <laughs> I've got three and I still, and my hatred of them has not changed. <laughs> hmm. but, yeah. You, uh, I think that's, we see Picard as a captain, not as a person. And I think that's what this episode was kind of meant to, I don't know if this is what, what it was meant to do, but this is how I saw it. This was Captain Picard. Hard, not Jean Luc. Hmm. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I see that. Um, I do get the Voyager reference to where Janeway kind of did the same thing. I think hers is more about relationships and connecting um, uh, on a flirtatious level, I guess. Uh, but but I do get what you're saying. I do think a large part of what he's experiencing here is maybe not even much to do with his cap- being a captain. Though I think it does have to do with that also, but I think maybe it's his pride, you know, is yeah. be, being a man. You don't want to be seen as being weak, you know, and and that's probably amplified times a thousand if you're the captain of the ship, you know, and you have to put up this strong face in front of the crew. And yeah, I think I think that's kind of what he's dealing with in this episode. So mm. yeah, comment, John. <coughs> No, I digress. I, 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 I digress. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I do agree. It's just, I don't know, this episode, and even on the last episode when he had that kind of run in with that new engineer, it was yeah. still at the same tone. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, so I find myself thinking back, like, is this what I remember from Picard? 
or have I been spoiled from watching Cisco and Janeway and Archer, you know what I mean, be so close? But also what I mentioned to Jeremy was, you know, I, I do have to think about all of these other captains, I mean, with the exception of Cisco, but it's still a tight-knit group. They had, like, small crew. Like, Janeway had 170-something people. Archer had, like, 80 or so. I don't know. And Captain McCard is on the ship with thousands. Yeah. And I think it was funny, like, with few exceptions, you don't really get to peek into uh, Picard in a true relationship. There are some episodes where he, like, you know, you obviously see that. But I'm thinking, like, Kirk, you know, he was, the, like, the intergalactic James, <laughs> James Bond or something. He was knocking them off left and right. <laughs> and and um, at least we got to, saw, to see some flirtation with um, with with uh, Janeway and Chakotay. A little bit of flirtatious tone between them. And she had, what's the guy, McNeely or whatever his name was on holiday. We got to see her in that relationship. Right. And... Cisco, you know, his relationship was pivotal to his character. <laughs> yeah. And we got to see Both him. Both relationships, actually. Yeah, yeah. And you got to see him be loving with his, his child, you know, Jake. So I don't know. Uh, Captain Picard is different in that aspect. I will say that. I don't know. He had Crusher. He had the yeah. archaeologist lady. Yeah. He had, but he was so standoffish with his. He had yeah. his moments. He did have his moments. I will agree with that. He had his moments, but they were so few and far between, I feel. Yeah, yeah. He's all about business. Business. Yeah. I can see him being the guy at the desk. Hug. According to code 348, <laughs> subsection B2, you cannot do this. <laughs> uh, so we see the Enterprises en route to Epsilon. One, pop- Go ahead. I was going to say, this is the wrong pencil for this paperwork, sir. <laughs> <laughs> So we see the Enterprise on route to Epsilon 5, and uh, Wesley is going to take a shuttle off to Starbase 515 for a Starfleet examination. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. But we instantly get this scene of Pulaski and Picard. And, oh, man, you know, for somebody that's probably already a little perturbed and doesn't want to do this, Pulaski doesn't let up. She does not let up one bit. So I guess we kind of we kind of already talked about that. But is 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 Picard correct in his concerns over his image? Because he's it's like he's all about his image. He doesn't want the crew to see him weak. Is that a correct assessment? So here here's my thoughts. Did it matter whether he did it there or at Starbase? Hmm. I guess the assumption was that they wouldn't know what he was going to do because he wouldn't even tell Riker. Remember? Yeah, I mean, I can understand. I, I can understand why he would have wanted done there because you know people talk. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, well, and he'd be like, they, you know, I could see him. You know, one of the medical staff in the mess hall was like, "Guess what I did today? I operated on the captain. You know, replaced his heart." And I mean, we all talk about, you know, we all know about, you know, military secrets. and. But wouldn't that same talk come from the Starbase just as fast as it would come from Sigmund? It'll mm. probably be slower, I would imagine. I mean, if you're not taking your staff with you, it's going to take a longer tread information to disseminate to those ears than... I don't know. You know I, straight on. So I, 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 I can see why he wouldn't want to do it. But on a side note, and this is once again my, you know, because I, I really haven't seen a whole lot of the next generation. 
Is Pulaski's face supposed to be that so instantly punchable? Because I just kind of wanted to hit her in the face whenever I saw she started. Yeah. Don't feel bad. Most Star Trek okay. fans did when they did the swap Okay. Yeah, she was pissed me off in this episode. I'm like, oh, you know, you know this is pissing him off already. He does not want to go. He wants to see the freaking whatever phenomenon of the cluster, whatever, pulsar. The pulsar, cluster, cluster. Yeah. <laughs> and she just lays off. She's, she ordered him. I'm like, wow. Uh, now, with that being said, she's probably the kind of doctor I would want, actually, because you know she'd piss you off, but she'd get stuff. She'd get stuff done, like yeah. Doctor House. Yeah. Well, hmm. And we talk about the EMH's bedside manner, but you know she's playful with it. But I would just picture that same situation with Doctor Crusher. She probably would have tried to wear him down more instead of like just ordering him like that, you know. Yeah, but she also is the only person on the ship that can say, Sean Luke. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that always gets him. <laughs> he uh, laid right on down on the bio bed and got it done. Yeah, true. That That is very true. So we see where Picard is going to be off the Starbase 515 with Wesley. And I want to ask you guys, like, have you ever had this similar experience where you've been on this road trip with someone who you really respect? But you really have no idea what you're going to talk about for these hours that you're going to be on the road. So a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine and I went to go watch a documentary in Jackson. Come on, me? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. You're in the room. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, yes. Uh, years ago, I worked. And, and he was, once again, not as close as Jonathan and I are, but we were good friends. We had to go to Birmingham from Hattiesburg for to go work in a clinic. And our interests were so dissimilar and because he was my boss, I kind of had to let him talk my ear off about Indigo girls and stuff. <laughs> I had no interest in whatsoever. So yeah, it, yeah, it can be kind of a daunting and exhausting task, even if you're actually not doing anything. Hmm. <laughs> I did have a, when I, I rode with C it to New Orleans to a meeting Uh uh-huh. And well, I'm selling that like everybody knows who C it is. That's my current <laughs> boss. Uh, this was years ago, though. I just started not long ago. I was like kitchen manager or something. And yeah, I, I, I was the same way. Like days before, I was just kind of like, man, uh, <laughs> uh, what am I going to do? I'm trying to come up with stories because I know I've done some things I probably shouldn't have done at work. Uh-huh. And is that going to come up? And what am I going to tell him? Right. And, like I know things about him. Like you just storm out, right? <laughs> and, and like I know things about employees that they've done that he doesn't know. And is that going to come up? And what am I going to tell him? Right. Like, yeah. are we going to talk about work the whole time? Am I going to say something wrong? Is he going to test me? <laughs> like, man, I really wish I'd have just brought some earphones. Or <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I understand Wesley, especially with Picard in the current state of mind he's in. There had to be a scary thing to do. Yeah, especially when you put into perspective that, like, Wesley is probably the lowest ranked. Per- he is a low, well, other than other kids running around on, on the Enterprise. He's like the lowest ranked, I guess, semi officer. Um, well, he's an ensign. Yeah. yeah it, acting ensign, I believe is that they called him. Yeah, yes. acting ensign. So you got the lowest so, ranked and the highest ranked riding together in this And shuttle. he's still a kid. Yeah, and he's, and he's still hates. a kid. <laughs> and he was forced on Picard. Like, yeah, he Picard really didn't want him on the bridge to start with, and now he's like piloting the ship. And a lot of it has to do with Beverly Crusher saying, "John Luke, 
So I'm sure there's a lot of resentment in there. And then there's the whole history of Picard and Wesley's father and his death and all that. So I'm sure Picard has the same apprehension going into it as well. Yeah. So let's just stay on the uh, Picard-Wesley train for a bit. And then we'll get on the the Samaritan part of this. So I would consider 2.4 mortality rate pretty good odds. Do you think like Picard is just tripping? Of course, yeah. <laughs> you you don't have that good of odds crossing the street. Right? <laughs> 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 like it, it's real. He's really going above me. But as we get further into the story, we know why he's having it. Like what caused it to happen, and I think that's more what he's embarrassed. For people to find out, not that the fact that he's weak and has to have this procedure done, the fact that why is he having to have it done? Like he did something stupid a long time ago and now he has to have this done because of it. Yeah, and, and I'll say it right for me, like that's the the revelation the revelation of what he actually did to cause it. I think this may be one of the first few times we hear about his time in Starfleet, but man when I think of rowdy Starfleet uh, cadets, I think of like maybe more so Kirk. Cause I, uh, you know, I heard some stories of him when he was in, you know, training and stuff as well, which were, uh, I think just as rowdy <laughs> as this one, but we see where um, Picard talks of being, or he, d- he describes himself as being opinionative, loud mouth, undisciplined, cocky, whatever. And to see who he is now, that's kind of surprising. And and it's funny to me, like how how do all of those qualities make like an excellent officer? You know, <laughs> you you, I, know, I, you know people like this who are just off the chain, weird, and do crazy stuff, but just tweaking it a little bit makes a good officer. Well, I think it's just that aggressiveness that gets them to the front. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like take it from a guy that all this like very much not aggressive. It's harder for a non-aggressive person to be in a leadership role. Hmm. Well, be okay. Kind of put it kind of crudely being a jackass gets you attention. <laughs> True. So yeah. when you're, when, when you, when you're acting a fool in public like that, people are going to notice you more than they're going to notice the guy sitting back, taking everything in and still getting the job done. You know, they're going to, Hey, you know, they're going, they're going to, they're going to see the person acting up first before they see the person just doing their job. Yeah, and, and and that's been explored before in other Star Trek episodes. I can't remember any off the top of my head, but there's been other episodes that explore like how um, those traits will make a good leader. And I can't remember one off the top of my head, but I'm sure there have been some. Um, but also, I mean, I think in that whole sequence when they're in the shuttle, you know, of course, we talk about Wesley probably should be nervous. And he says such to Gomez and... and um, I was going to say LeVar Burden, not Jordy, uh, <laughs> before he gets on the shuttle. But it seems like as soon as he, he's on there, he's asking all types of questions. I'm like, dude, you got some balls. <laughs> well, I mean, when is there a better time? Like, you're there, and he's, there's got to be a conversation. So what else are you going to talk about? But he's asking this dude, why did you get married? You don't want kids? Are you lonely? I'm like, whoa, <laughs> personal. <laughs> well, I think it's just one of those. He saw an opportunity and he took it. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
screw it. I'm here now. Right. <laughs> I might as well get something I mean, out you, of it. You opened up this can. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> helping you out. So, so we find that they, um, you know, they eventually make it and Wesley sees Picard onto surgery and a complication happens in the surgery. You know, we're at a star base with, I guess, Starfleet's finest, but still they're not good enough to finish the surgery. Mm, okay. All right. Gives us an excuse to bring, you know, who in later, but let's table that for a moment. And this uh-huh. whole 2.4% mortality rate. <laughs> not like, good just so happened, this 2.4% is about to happen to him. Oh, like, man. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Them bad lucks. That's bad lucks, dude. <laughs> But let's go ahead and talk about, I guess, the title sake of this episode is um, Samaritan Snare. And let's talk about the actual snare. So on their way to Epsilon 5, after they, you know, drop, or I guess after Picard and Wesley left the ship in the shuttle, they get a distress call and they go to help this ship, which we find is a Picklad ship, Packlet ship. Um, First off, I guess I want to ask, like, what is your impression of the alien race, the Pecklets? Any redeeming qualities, or are they just <laughs> for, for the? <laughs> I'm trying to restrain from saying the things that come to mind when I was thinking of them. Uh, I mean, for them to be dumb, they have a, a pretty ingenious plan on. Improving themselves, yeah. But if they weren't so dumb, it would would have worked. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't listen. I I don't. I'm not. I don't want to bash a bash an episode or it. It's just like there was not much to this to me. Hmm. Yeah. This, yeah. This part of the episode just to me seemed like a filler part. Like uh-huh. we got the we got the Picard story going, but everybody else needs something to do too. Well, I mean, it probably was. I mean, I had a few problems with it. I mean, I had a problem with the way the pecklets were portrayed. Just felt like they tried to make them feel like a mentally ill, uh, mentally ill person. Uh, yeah, and, and that really didn't sit right with me exactly. But I get it for these. Em- that, yeah, in that time, that wouldn't have been an issue. You know right. what I mean? Like yeah. now it's an issue and that's something that would never air. But back then, I mean, that wouldn't, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to go too far into it because yeah. I don't hurt any feelings. But I mean, back then, there's people weren't that sensitive. Not saying it's okay. Yeah. Right. But I mean, that would, that I don't see that as being a main complaint in that time. Yeah. Cause, cause it felt like a, str- a straight up portrayal of, you know, the, the type of people not going to, you know, well, the, the, people with a condition we're not going to mention you know (laughs) directly but that's why it didn't sit right with me but i do think it was a good case of of course this episode is called samaritan snare and they're going to be the good samaritans uh from the bible and and help this you know this this ship in need that is uh stranded there and they wind up being took or food but because i guess um uh you shouldn't judge a book by its cover which in this case, I think they judged you right, but still they were food. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it's, listen, the, were we not just too slap happy to help these people? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like if it's really that easy to fix their shit, like, do we really? I'm, I'm with the Wharf on this, and I'm not always in agreement with, <laughs> agreement with the Wharf on TNG because Wharf is usually the first one to say, oh, 
there are some people. Let's shoot them. Yeah. But, you know, but in this case, he's like, wait, we don't know anything about him. You want to send the chief engineer? Yeah. Yeah. Like you didn't smart. send anybody with him. You didn't. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we didn't take any scans like data start scanning the ship after the fact. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, book by its cover, they didn't look very threatening. They looked at the technology that they could, I guess, what they did, didn't they scan the technology before he went over? A basic scan. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. after their shields went up, Data was still able to go through and scan deeper and find all his extra. Yeah, you would think they would have like a myriad of scans they would just do before anybody goes right. anywhere, you know. Like a protocol. Oh, well, we know their weapons, we know. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It was kind of dumb they went by itself. Because if they're trying to get this ship up and running, I guess the, I guess the impetus was that it was so easy that he could do it by himself fairly quickly. Because he did say in like 15 minutes they'll be up and running or something to that All effect. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. I do think it's a good alternate pres- position to the previous episode, which we reviewed, uh, Q Who, which was, um, you know, the uh, sequentially the last episode before this episode 16. And it similarly, they underestimated the Borg. But in a different way, <laughs> and, right. a, and a Borg was trying to take technology too. So, a very different approaches to stealing technology. But hey, <laughs> to each his own. Which was a pretty good way of doing it. Obviously, it's worked for them. They have Romulan <laughs> shields, right. and, you know what I mean. They got this like, far. <laughs> these people are out in space somehow. <laughs> oh so, god, it has worked. If they, they can just... make it, we can make it. <laughs> <laughs> God, uh, it was it was good. I I, I, I mean it's what it's for. But like I said, I think this episode was more to focus on Picard than anything. Yeah, I mean, uh, true. I agree. I agree. I, I really didn't understand what was going on on this ship with the what? Are you, what was the race of these aliens? Or were they sickets? Necklets or necklets? Uh, packlets. 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 They, uh, I, you know, he went to fix a guidance system because they wanted to go. Right. Which I thought would have been a propulsion system. I, mm-hmm. But he fixed it fairly fast. Uh, so here's my thing. Why? Well, I, you know what? I just, I guess I'm picking too much. <laughs> into it. Pick away. Just, pick away. I, I just, like, could we not have beamed him back sooner? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you, man. I, I, but I mean, that does show the Starfleet way. Like, we're going to help. I mean, they right. they even, like, screw Picard. And whether he's safe or not, we got to go help these people. Yeah. Which is a great thing about Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> it so happened. It's a race of aliens. No, they don't do that. Dude, I like they shoot Jordy one more time. I'm through. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Okay. <laughs> Claire, she's right. I don't want to pick on this show, man. But listen, did you see the whole like right before they shot him, he jumped? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the timing was off a little bit. I'm just like the power of the blast. Like he went like five feet back hit the wall. I'm like, God. <laughs> oh man, that poor Jordy. He got thrown up through a door last week. So <laughs> <laughs> it's always the black guy. <laughs> Oh gosh, man! Yeah, I do. Um, oh, oh, the the charade. Well, I, I say charades, but the scene when they were acting like they were they were giving Georgie the secret message. I thought that was fun too. Yeah, I, that was that was pretty good. That yeah. was pretty good. 
Yeah, Brent Spiner and, and uh, Michael Dorn were hilarious in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do believe I seen Data to like crack a grin, maybe. Yep. Yeah, he was. They, <laughs> they were having fun with that. It, 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 that was interesting. That uh, was interesting. Oh. I still don't understand what they did. But. Yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking. Thing is, like, I understood what all happened. I saw the scene, but I didn't understand what they were doing. Like, and why was how what code they were using to send messages? Just you know, like I understood all the words. All the words were English. I know he gave them. I guess they just. I don't know. Was he? Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Something about twenty four and countdown. I don't know. You're the best we got in weapons. And- well, so he gave them photon torpedoes, and from the end, I mean, we know because Jordy said you're still here, so obviously I got them offline. So obviously he rigged them to have actual photon torpedoes, uh, and then the Enterprise rigged something to come out of the cells to make like a red cloud. To fool them into thinking that they were more powerful, the crimson shield, right. or something like that. <laughs> and so, I guess in all, I, I, from what I gather, they were trying to make this race of aliens think that Jordy really wasn't that good, and he couldn't make them more powerful, so they let him go. But like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't. We went through a lot to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, like. um, so I did a review of the book Fear Itself uh, featuring Saru. And there's a similar situation when he's on a, another ship, but he like does something smart by targeting non-essential systems because uh, he was forced to fire. So I don't know. It's, it could have went down any matter of ways, but they had, I think they were just trying to have fun with it. I think that was the yeah. main point. That was the yeah. main point. So let's get back to the, I guess the big gotcha moment in the episode. <laughs> Picard has to have the surgery and who none other than the person who he didn't want to, you know, he wanted his pride to stand firm against Dr. Pulaski does the surgery thoughts. So apparently she is like the best expert on this particular surgery and they had to call her, but couldn't they have just, I mean, couldn't they have just kind of like been like, Hey, look, she's, you've already got the best. You need to have it done there. On the ship. I mean, couldn't, I mean, I mean. Or couldn't she, well, he didn't want her to do it. Cause I guess because it was so routine. But I guess when the problem came up, we needed the best. But you mean to tell me she's the only one? Yeah. It I was, mean, they had to do warp nine to get back to him. So yeah. I'm sure somebody else was closer. And if he's so concerned about the mortality rate, wouldn't he go to the best doctor first? Um, right. I know it's a Which, thing. Jeremy said was right on board with him, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I would have took her with me. She already knew. Right. I mean, and like like you just said, if it should if she's that good, then he already knows she's that good. And she already knows the issue, so why not just take her with him? Right. But then I guess they would have set off red flags. Why are you and the doctor going? Yeah. But Sheer yeah. went on metal conferences every three months so they could have been that yeah <laughs> they, they could have come up with a good yeah. a, a good valid reason why both of them had to go yeah <sighs> so so uh, go ahead oh, go ahead well i was going this is just a jeremy question is like how long does does mass, major heart surgery take to recover now because he seemed like very up and ready to go like i guess a few hours later well, i'm pretty sure i mean they can heal a gaping wound and 10 seconds. Right, but this is the replacement of the one of the most 
vital organs in your body. I see it possible. I don't know. Just, just Usually about. the recovery time is because of the scarring. Right. And if they have dermal regenerators and all this stuff, they can like heal scars and things instantly. Like I would think. Because, you know, in DS9, Nog had a leg replaced and he was out for months yeah. in rehab. Well, that's because it was in his head, and I think they discussed it. Well, he was still limping around. Post-traumatic stress. Because it was in his head. He didn't have to limp. Matter of fact, they made mention to the fact the doctor said he's perfectly fine. He could walk without the cane. He didn't need the limp. But in his head, he was. Yeah. And you got to think we have artificial hearts now, don't we? Am I right in saying that? And this is like the 24th century, so I could see it being greatly improved. I'm just, I'm I'm just, Jeremy's having a hard time wrapping his head around (laughs) rapid healing and rapid... You know, just ready to get up and go. You need to talk to the EMH. He'll say, I would love to. <laughs> like, you'll probably never get me out of sick bay because I'll be the one following him around asking him questions like a little excited kid. Oh, he'll deactivate himself. No. <laughs> he'll probably try to deactivate me. <laughs> Dark going rogue. Um, all right, guys. Well, I think I've gone through all my notes. Um, any other takeaways and maybe we can talk about like what does this episode mean to the character Picard as we know him? Any any takeaways on that? Um, you know, I did I did actually enjoy the little scene where he was telling Wesley about how about what happened. That was a that was a very good humanizing scene of Picard. It kind of made him seem badass, you know? It yeah. did. It did. Yeah. It kind of made Wesley kind of like, oh, wow, you really are badass. <laughs> right. I'm still scared of you, but now for good reason, you know? Yeah. I'm not scared of you because you're a dick. I'm scared of you because you may kill me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, I like that even with him eating a little picnic sandwich on the shuttlecraft, he's still able to keep his proper ways about it. Yeah. I just like how he threw the napkin to Wesley. Like Wesley wasn't planning on using that. Napkin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, you're going to be proper today. <laughs> but I mean, is, is that not, I mean, that is Captain Picard. Like he is, and I say it at work all the time, like do the right thing every time without fail. And then you have nothing to worry about. Right. And yeah. that's kind of Picard. Like he, regardless if he's eating a five course meal or a tuna sandwich on those shuttlecraft, he's still going to eat it the proper way. And anybody involved will do the same. Yeah. And I mean, that is Picard. Yeah. And I guess my takeaway is like, uh, in addition to the things you guys said, is like, you know, maybe sometimes you got to swallow your pride a little bit because, you know, he went through all this trouble and he had the best doctor already. And I know it had to um, uh, infuriate him to wake up and see the smiling Pulaski over his bed. <laughs> I think what infuriated him more was the applause he got when he got to the bridge. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Was that an applause for him or for Wesley? No, I don't think he cares. It was for Picard, definitely. <laughs> they were applauding him, and he was not happy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, that, yeah, that, <laughs> that was good. I was not expecting that. And, like, as bad as he – not as bad as he was, but as much of a butt as he had been that whole episode, like, I wouldn't have dared clap. Oh, uh, heck no. <laughs> You couldn't convince me to do that in a million years. That's like someone yeah. said, I'm sorry when he's in a bad mood. Right. You just don't do it. You're not going to find something to do when you keep doing it until he goes away. 
<laughs> so again, like I think of like how that might like affect him going forward as far as decisions, because like like he had the perfect doctor, and then like waking up in front of Pulaski, and then the clapping on the bridge. I know he's like, dang, I should just got it done by her and be done. <laughs> <laughs> Wasted all the time and missed his pulsar. Thing. Right. I think they all they all did now. Well, yeah, true, because mm-hmm. they had to go to the Samaritan snare. <laughs> <laughs> if you put it like that, <laughs> the Samaritan snare. <laughs> oh Lord! All right, guys. Well, I think we're ready to wrap this one up. Um, so I'm gonna go around horn and say, guys, what have you guys been working on, podcast related or otherwise? If you want to plug something or talk about whatever, this is your opportunity. Um, Jeremy, what you got, man? So Netflix recently came out. This is for us older people. Um, years ago, Nickelodeon had two different shows that were really good. One was called Rocco's Modern Life, and the other one was called Invader Zim. Uh, this past week, Netflix came out with two, I guess you call them, like TV movies mm. for both those shows. So if you're like on a little nostalgia kick for, for some Nicktoons, go check out Netflix and watch those two shows. Invader Zim was really awesome. We watched that with the kid. Me and uh, my middle child like sat up and watched pizza and watched that all night last night. Hmm. Never heard of it. Yeah, I've, I've heard of it. I've never seen it, but I heard it's really good. But it's one of those shows you either really like it or you don't. Hmm. There's like no in between. I'll probably. <laughs> you probably won't like it. Actually, there's not many Nickelodeon things I watch. Rugrats, though. That was it. No, you won't like this okay. because this is terribly unlike either one of those. Yeah. No. Not cool. me. What about so you? Um, not much of anything. I first let me just throw this out there. I read something. I should have mentioned this earlier in the podcast at the beginning, but I read a. I don't know where I read it. I should have took better notes. I apologize. I'm not a note taker. Never have been. But, but worst plug ever. Yes. Um. So there is a popular consensus that. Picard is the reason well Patrick Stewart is the reason we say data the way we do so like if you're looking at a data packet on a computer or something we say data most people say data not data like so when they were writing the script for TNG there was a lot of confusion on whether they were going to call data data or data Mm -hmm. so some people were saying data some people were saying data they couldn't get it organized so they went to Picard and said, what are we going to use? Whatever you say, that's what we're going to stick with. And he said, data. And since that has been in our culture for so long, I think everybody just started saying data. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So not a proven in record fact. Right. But that is the popular consensus. And very, very plausible. Yeah. So thank you, Picard, for teaching us how to pronounce right. data. Data. <laughs> But now they also said the in the Webster Dictionary the pronunciation guidelines says data. Hmm. So I kind of yeah, Webster's Dictionary like from the early eighties or mid eighties to see, see how difference. Yeah, to see if the pronunciation is different. Well, as of right now, the Webster's Dictionary and one other dictionary they mentioned actually has it where it's pronounced data instead of data. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Oh, and also, since that was one part I was going to... Also, I started watching a Paramount show called Yellowstone. 
Uh, that is pretty good, guys. You should watch that. Nothing sci-fi about it, but it is pretty good. It's a Kevin Costner show. He owns like a 400,000-acre ranch in Montana that everybody's after. But it's pretty awesome, so you should check that out. That's what I've been watching. What platforms is it on? Uh, well, right now I'm watching it on demand on DirecTV because that's the only place I can find it. But it's a Paramount original. Awesome. Awesome. And- Which I would think. Been on CBS All Access. Yeah, it no. might be now since they're combining. Right, right, right. right. Well, well, those things usually take about up to a year yeah. for them to be final. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah. So, what about you, Lawrence? What are you working on, man? Yeah, I hadn't heard from you in a while, anyway. Oh man, what I'm working on? I'm working on not much. Um, I'm if- forty. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be forty. I'm working on getting old. No. Um, I'm going to be speaking at the Nerd Night Memphis, which I'll be talking about Star Trek. I'll be talking about uh, dealing with toxic, toxic fandom. He said very badly dealing with toxic fandom in the Star Trek universe. And that's kind of going to be my 15 minute spill. That's at Nerd Night Memphis. You can just search for Nerd Night Memphis on Facebook or probably just in Google. You can find out more details. But yeah, check that out. And also go to DiscussingNetwork.com and check out our other shows, Discussing Comics, where we talk about House of X um, recently on an episode. And also check out Discussing Who, where we're currently finishing up David Tennant and Catherine Tate's run on uh, Doctor Who. So check that out as well. But so. Question. What is toxic fandom? I know you're going to talk about it. You don't have to go into detail. But this is the first I've heard of that. Is it really? You yes. very, You very well know what toxic fandom is. Have you ever been in on Facebook or any other social media platform and heard people say, oh, Discovery sucks. It's not canon. Oh, I'm not going to pay for that. Oh, who is this Michael ah, Burnham chick? Oh. And, and and it is not just Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek is Star Wars. It's every other fandom possible. It you know, permeates. I think the worst I've ever seen it was when they announced Jodie Whittaker as the new Doctor. It was bad then, but it was I, bad. It was bad while Capaldi was there because people hated Capaldi. Uh, Han shot first. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's been around for a while, and as the it, the internet grows bigger. People are more vocal and the echo chamber chamber is bigger and uh, negative things tend to reverberate. I'm not saying where the, neg- the negativity is wrong or not. I'm mainly going to be speaking about what toxic fandom is and how we can dodge it in just the different types and different levels of fandom that are out there. Um, we are certainly not at the same level of Trek fandom. There are some old heads that have been around forever and oh, uh, you young guys opinion are not right. The, the, you know, you know what I'm saying? And especially when we had the, uh, STD. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, even, yeah. Well, even, even, even about that. I mean, you think of when, when TNG came along, people hated it cause they said it wasn't like the original series. Same thing with, uh, DS nine and same thing with Voyager. So yeah. with every new series, you have this certain toxicity of ownership of the franchise that people who are around longer have and us not really being thoughtful enough to usher in people that are younger or that are newer to the franchise or, or just, you know, trick curious. You know, you have to if we want the franchise to grow, we have to kind of not be as harsh and not be this negative echo t- chamber. 
shoot, ask the Star Wars fans what they've been going through since the release of Last Jedi. You know? <laughs> oh, you know? Um, it, it's just a thing now. Toxic fandom is just a thing. It was something we have to deal with. Not that I've been talking away too long. So, <laughs> um, well, I'll definitely check you out when you do it, when you have that talk. Cool. Thank you, sir. So, um, if you, um, like this show, I've already asked subscribe on the, the platform, podcasting platform of your choice. Check us out on social medias at discussing Trek on all the various social medias. In fact, and also you can shoot us an email by sending it in to fans at discussing com. And I think that's it for this episode. If you have any questions, comments, tell, tell us what we got right, what we got wrong, you know, hit that email and hit that social media. We really appreciate it. Also, again, go and rate us on iTunes as well as leave a written review. We'd love it, guys. We really appreciate it. And I think that's it. So until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. Enjoyed this podcast, you may also like Relativity is an audio drama serial about two people, a woman on earth and a man in space, struggling to remain connected, to help one another through life and death situations. Their only link across the vast emptiness of the cosmos is the sound of each other's voices. Find out more at relativitypodcast.com. Relativity.